Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, another episode of Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lamas, and with me always, you know who it is, it's Derek Jaisinger. You know him, you love him. It's me, Derek Jaisinger. Hello, Ben. Hey, uh, we are doing a one-on-one, uh, which has been a while. It's been a while since we had a one-on-one, and uh, we're not together. This feels like lockdown days, where we are, you're in your living room, I'm in my office, and we're having a little Zoom uh, catch-up. Uh, ironically, though, we have seen a bit of each other. I saw, saw, saw you at gigs recently and things like that. So, um, how, I mean, how are you? Fat. Okay. By what definition? Just fat in general. Just a big, yeah. big old fatty. All right. Well, let me then, okay, let's start <laughs> off there. That's, that's a good, that's an interesting place. Uh, do you, I, I remember, let me tell you, catch you up on where I'm at and maybe that'll open up some okay. Uh, okay. further, further discussion than you <laughs> just saying fat. And then, all right, thanks for joining us this, this week. Hey, folks, I'm fat, John. Um, I uh, I think I left you guys with the uh, the fact that I tipped over a hundred. Uh, uh, I got to like a hundred. Celebrate! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first time since I dropped it, and I and you know what, I, I initially was quite down about it, but then I also thought, no, no, it's a fucking good win because um, you know I've yo-yoed in the past. I've beat a hundred, you know, and things like that, maybe here and there uh, under uh, under hundred or whatever. But I've always bounced back and then put on some. You know what I mean? I've always had that. The drop and then more you know whereas this yeah. is the the first time i held it down under 100 for four years and then you know tipped it up and i haven't gone back to 125 and then i was about to go on the multicultural gala tours in regional uh wa uh and i was hoping to lose some weight while i was over there and then i came back and i'd gone to 14 <laughs> 104 right so um, that would have been at the start of September, I think, is when we roughly did that. Or when it, no, it was September 11th, I think. Somewhere around then is when I got back. So mid-September was when we did our last catch-up. And uh, this morning, jumped on the scales because I knew we were going to be recording this podcast. Uh, happy to report that I was 100.1. So I would I was really hoping that it was under 100 so that I can yeah. then say, but you know what, 200 grams, 200 grams, right? We're pretty close. And to be honest, I, I, I um, about an hour afterwards, I had to go poo and I had a couple of plops, but three plops. I would say that's about 200 grams with the plops. You're under, you're back under. I reckon I'm back under, right? Uh, but uh, more importantly, I'm feeling better. So here's an interesting development. I I don't think I've felt physically forget mentally mentally I, I i can i'll get to that but physically i feel a bit um charged i feel like i'm put together better so i've started no 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 i'm on tea i changed my mind uh what it is ben, <laughs> no what it is is i um obviously since getting back on september 11th and now we're recording today on the 5th of october i've had about three weeks in town so i've been a bit more consistent with my training so consistency from pilates uh consistency with my runs but also consistency with my new pt i've started a pt again and uh there has been basically a really good balance of uh leg work thanks to the runs uh upper body and weight training because of the pt and just general core workouts thanks to pilates so the combination of the three has sort of started to compound a little bit which is like my runs have gotten better because i feel a bit more stronger in my core 
Yes. And and because of the weight training uh, that I've been doing with the upper body, I feel a little bit weirdly lighter. So I think overall, even though I've lost only three kilograms of weight or four kilograms, really, um, since I last had a weigh in, say, four, four weeks ago, um, I reckon it's a fair bit of muscle growth as well. So I feel like I feel trimmer, like my clothes are starting to feel a bit better and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not I'm saying part of all of that, not just to brag, but to celebrate the wins, because we celebrate because we do talk about our downs. We should also be comfortable talking about our ups. Uh, but I um, I also got a new uh, I think I've mentioned in the pod before that I try to look at my run times uh as before my heart attack and after my heart attack right yeah. because before the heart attack it was about 22 minutes was my 5k run uh whereas recently i just uh, broke my personal best for my post heart attack which was about 26 minutes 50 seconds right so it's so interesting to me ben that i would initially feel like oh man 26 minutes 50 that's 27 that's still five minutes small you know that's five minutes slower than my all-time greatest or whatever, which is like a minute per kilometer. But the truth is, man, scales-wise, that was 21 kilos lighter when I did 22. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. So, so if you just took that version of me and gave him two dumbbells, 10 kilo dumbbells, and said, all right, can't now you run 5Ks, <laughs> you yeah. know? With the dumbbells. <laughs> that's what I mean, with the dumbbells, using that, because that's literally the amount. In your hands like this. <laughs> that's the point I'm trying to make, which is that, that 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 excess weight is obviously going to slow me down you know what i mean like without a doubt so the fact that i'm hitting 2650 or you know 27 let's just say for simplicity that's a fucking why am i beating myself up why am i smashing myself also that 22 bit version of me he didn't have a heart attack to come off the back of you know? <laughs> yeah and and i had like you know a whole bunch of um time on my hands to do um to but do it, good nutrition and it's funny because like I so I so I did a ride and as I was doing it, I was like, this is really hard. Like I know I'm heavier, I know I'm fitter. And when I got to the top, I just like stopped. Like I was nearly at the top and I just stopped. And I was like, my heart was pounding so much. I was like, I just thought I was like, if I push it anymore, I might actually hurt myself. And it was just a reminder of just like you have to work your way up to that to that actual spot. But it's just kind of been a real kick up the ass where it's like, yeah, I'm not where I want to be at all but also i need to be very aware that i can't just jump straight back into it i really need to ease myself back into it and and you know that's why you know today i was going to ride to yours and ride back i've already done 10ks today like slowly build up my stamina that when i take that studley park road hill or yarra boulevard for people in melbourne who know it that i can do that safely rather than actually jeopardizing or in some cases actually having a heart attack yeah and it's a really interesting headspace though because there's always i have a complicated relationship with the balance between pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and um pushing yourself too far to the danger zone right so you've got the comfort zone you've got the discomfort zone and you've got the danger zone and that discomfort zone is kind of where we want to operate because I don't, like I've said, I think I've said in the past, I've never achieved anything that I'm proud of that happened in the comfort zone, right? It's always, always in the discomfort zone where you're just pushing yourself out of reach. It's like, um, you know, uh, whether it's creativity and stand up, whether it's 
exercises, whether it's nutrition, mm. whether it's relationship or all of those, it's just always in that, that discomfort part, right? But learning how to discern between discomfort and danger zone is in itself a, a skill that we all should develop. So part of that comes from knowing yourself and knowing what your limits are and how much uh, are your limitations because of comfort and not pushing yourself versus actual limitations that are there to protect you. Because we can admit there are certain limitations that are there just to please the ego and make us feel instant gratification rather than long-term gratification, right? Does that make yeah. sense? Totally. And then yeah. understanding, and it, and you know, and when you get older, like that danger zone also, I think changes with your perception of absolutely, how far absolutely. Because also look at the fact that the, the 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 not only do the the equipment that you're dealing with, and in this instance, I mean equipment, I mean your body, your bones, your bone density, your ability to recover previous injuries, all of that. But then combined with the context of who you are, let's say in your case, you are now responsible for two kids under the age of eight. Do you know what I mean? So you doing damage to yourself irresponsibly means that their ability to get nurturing and care is also impeded and your wife's ability to then pick up your slack comes into play. You rewind that back to when you and Maya were in your 20s, you know, you could fucking go uh, dirt boarding or whatever, maybe injure yourself and the only person, you know what I mean? Like the, the stakes are very different now. And, yeah. and, and, and the problem is, we are still the same, whatever Ben Lomas deep inside is, is the same person that was in there to an extent, but is all of, all of a sudden operating with a different machine. And you're expecting going, hey, I've done this before. Why can't I do it now? And there's this weird sense of like, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as I was or like words that are discounting the massive changes in your life, both physically as well as emotionally and, 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 and as a family man. Do you know what I mean? Like those are absolutely valid things that should not be ignored when trying to compare ourselves to our previous versions. Yeah, 100%. And so... Hello. What I was saying was, um, yeah, there are people that just genetically more predisposed to doing certain activities other than others. They might be able to do long distance better. They might be able to swim for longer, rock climb, whatever. Like, I just think that sometimes being able to find whatever it is that makes you tick. Like, when I think of us and, and our love of stand up, like, there's just so much joy I get out of the work that is before any of the other superficial things kick in you know the 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 the, the audience reaction the the you know the applauses afterwards the money the yeah. all of that all before all of that there's so much joy that i get from performing that i'm like oh i not necessarily lucky but i i feel really grateful that i found my thing you know yeah and for some people, that thing is doing ultra marathons, you know, running running 50 uh, marathons in 50 weeks and whatever those challenges are, because the immediate feeling is going, oh, fuck, that's crazy. And we say that only because we can't do it or we are not willing to put in the work to do it. So it's easier to dismiss their achievement and whatever they're doing uh, than, to, than to necessarily, because it, it means that we're not good enough and it has nothing to do with us. Totally, and then and then so and and sometimes it's like those those uh, those things afterwards where people quite often, especially friends who aren't in our industry, 
see the final outcomes and go, oh, wow, you've made it. And, and a lot of them don't quite understand how hard it is to get to places mm. or how hard it is to get opportunities. Can I just read a message? So as you, as some of the listeners know, I, you know, I'm not on TV very often, but I was lucky enough to be on Just for Laughs. And you uh, did great. I saw it. I watched it on Monday. Me and Maddie watched it and it was incredible. It was very good. Um, and thank you. Thank you for watching. So I just got this message from my mate, Tim, who, uh, who uh, goes to, I went to uni with. I'm still, Tim Minchin. Tim uh, Minchin. <laughs> And so uh, Tim's always in awe of what I do because we were both town planners. He's continuing his profession. He's a very good town planner. He's really good at what he does. And so anyway, he sent me this message. And I didn't know he watched it. I just wanted to read it. It goes, I loved watching you on the big screen last night, mate. Very, very proud of you. You're like the Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. You crawled through a mile of shit and came out clean on the other side. Respect. That is a beautiful analogy. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Timmy, like, he gets me. He gets, he, he just, it is just like such a nice message. And it's so him because. Yeah. And, and also and, in the process of, of getting to that point on being TV, you did, you know, have a lot of sex with the three sisters <laughs> as well in order to get there. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's that funny thing where it's like at the moment now, like, you know, to bring it back to the white thing, I'm not happy where I am. I just came back from the podiatrist and I, you know, it was, it, I now need to go see a specialist about my ankle. I'm not happy about it. It annoys me. And then he said, but again, he goes, the thing that will help your ankle the most is, guess what it is still? Losing weight. Yeah. Okay. And, and so it's that thing where I was like, I know that. Um, and, 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 and the problem is like, like, like I went to see a dietitian. I went to see a dietitian. Like I was mm -hmm. like, I like, well, where am I? struggling with and and long story short of the interaction with the dietitian who was great and was amazing was she goes you, you know like showing all the meals plan what's in your food what you eat with your kids how you eat with kids when your kids she's like you know this all mm. uh, and she goes i i, I don't I, i'm like you know it's actually nice to meet a client who's you know well informed and knows what they're talking about the issue is is you 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 you, you lose faith when you lose momentum and and that's and that's where at the moment now like I've, I've I've struggled with and that's the thing I've I've lost I've lost the moment. every time I lose momentum I throw the tools down and I feel mm. like you know it can be a willpower thing uh, which I feel like a lot of it is but also just saying that you know rather than seeing it you know losing it uh, it's just more as a blimp in the radar to ultimately uh, part of the journey but I always think there's like for me it's like well, where's where's the switch again. You know, where's the switch? Where's, where's, where do I, where do I, like, you know, I quit drinking. There was a switch. It happened. I wish I knew I re re how I recreated that. I did. I did it with smoking. Mm. There was a switch. It stopped. The next one is, well, where's the switch for just not wanting to just binge eat because I can't handle it? Mm -hmm. And, like, I know all of it. I know where mm -hmm. it is. It's just, then again, I was like, well, you know, where it is. Like, I've had four really good days. Four really good days. I yeah. feel better. I feel like you said, hopped on the scales. It's a little bit less. Now, hopefully, keep that momentum going. But part of my head at the same time goes, "Fuck! What happens if you know one of the kids gets sick? How am I going to handle that? Or what happens if there's another death in the family? Like, like all this kind of shit. Just it rattles me. That in other words, you just worry too much about the future. I'm already worrying about the blimps, all the things, and all the obstacles that are going to stop me along the way.
Oh, okay. It's interesting how much of everything you said is things that uh, I have to work through as well and, and working through, I should say, by the way. Uh, the momentum thing is 100% true, which is that when I feel like I've lost momentum, it's uh, all, all one in or nothing, or all in or nothing which approach, which I have. Like say, I don't smoke, but let's just say if we use food as a similar analogy to smoking, I'm saying, oh, I'm going to quit smoking. All right, good. Good on you, Dill. And then I'll do maybe a month of it, whatever. And then I'll have one cigarette. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I've had one. I might as well fucking have the whole packet, right? So that mentality for me is something I wrestle with with food where I go, I fucked up here or not fucked up, but I maybe um, went a bit overboard than I should have, than my body needed. Forget when I say should have again, I'm trying to be very careful about realizing that sometimes, fuck, man, it's should okay. is such a shit word. I hate it. Which one? Should. Yeah, yeah, okay. All uh, right. It's just the most annoying way. I use it all the fucking time. I should have done this. I yeah. should have done that. It fucking doesn't help anyone. Okay, so the thing that I want to speak to about what you said with your switch that happened with booze and what happened with cigarettes is firstly reaffirming that those are incredible achievements. Like that is absolutely one of those things that never lose sight of the fact that what you were able to do, and I'll throw myself in this mix as well, what we were able to do as people loved Grog as much as we did to be able to switch it and then be able to carry on. Um, there are lessons that we can learn from those that can be applied to food and use those sort of, expectations or standards we had of ourselves with booze to be applied to food. And I think that's part of where some frustration you're feeling is coming from going, well, fuck, I did this with, with booze and, uh, and and cigarettes. What can I do with the food? There's a big difference though, Ben, which is that with, oh, yeah, like with, with what you is what, food. exactly. That's we exactly what I was going to say. You need food and it's almost yeah. like you are, you know, you're, you, you, it's a slippery slope from, from a nice healthy salad to fried chicken and ice cream. For myself, I need to cut myself some slack because I know the amount of years in my formative uh, years in my childhood, how much food was a reward. If you eat this, you'll get that. If you, if you can finish your veggies, you'll get you know television and you won't get a treat unless you did this. There's, there's so much inbuilt in my wiring and DNA that food is the barometer for success or failure or love and protection. You know what I mean? Like all those things are there into food. So even though now I'm in this evolved 37, turning 38 guy, that's that, that operating system is still there. It's not got the updates You're using yet. an operate, like that operating system is like, you know, you've updated it, but still yeah. there's still bugs in the system. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like the exact, the other example I was like, well, I well, the new system is built on the old one. So it's not going to necessarily erase it. Uh, exactly. And so the, the example I gave, and so this one was like, well, yeah, you get rid of all your bad food. You get rid of it. You can't, if it's not there, you're not going to eat it. But when you're hungry and you just want to eat something, like I can, I, I be like, you know what? There's no pack of Tim Tams in the, in the, in, in the pantry. It's gone. Goodbye. Not tempted. But do you know what is as exciting as Tim Tams now? Because I'm hungry. Bread and butter. <laughs> this is just as yummy as Tim Tams. And now I'm excited about bread and butter. So that's the thing that like any food and what I want to do, and that's what we were talking about is like the switch of like, why can't carrots be as exciting as bread and butter? Why can't celery be exciting mm. as bread and butter? Where's that switch? Because my kids get excited by that. I've encouraged it all. Oh, do you want a snack? They well, go in. First thing, they, they grab an apple. First thing, they grab a carrot stick. I want that mentality. The well, same they, mentality I put in my kids. I want it in myself. 
that's incredible. I love that they have that mentality, but you got to remember they didn't have you and Maya. You know what I mean? Sorry, you didn't have yeah, I you do. and Maya. You didn't have you <laughs> and Maya. Who were their parents? Who the yeah, yeah. They, they are lucky that they had you and Maya as parents. Now, I'm not casting blame on either of our parents. They did, I believe they did the best they knew at the time with the information they had. And I'm speaking to myself at this point as well, which is that if you just looked at the raw data of how we were raised and the, the, the indulgences or the, the, the patterns we created as children and then carried on to our 30s as well, that it makes sense that we have this propensity to go overboard when we give ourselves a little bit of a wiggle room. Now, acknowledging that as being the way things are is one thing and, and it's okay and not beating ourselves about, up about it is, I think, really important. However, I still think the responsibility of then moving on from it is on us. Does that it make sense? choice. What do you mean? Like it's like like it's so funny. It's like I know that all, and I'm just extremely frustrated. Yeah, like, I'm more frustrated than I, I have ever have been before. Like, uh huh. Like, the thing is, it's like you know, you can have all this information, but I make the decision to put the food in my mouth. Yes, I make that choice, and sometimes I'm not even not present when I make that choice. That as mm-hmm. it was explained to me, sometimes when you let yourself go, it's the same way you used to drink. I never knew how many drinks I had underneath my belt. Mm-hmm. I also don't know how many how many pieces of bread I've had. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of thing where I was like, oh, you need to stop. Go, no, you don't need this. You're, it's part of a bigger plan. You you want that ankle to be better. You want to be able to do that. Like, you want to. And then and, and that's when the frustration kicks in. You get angry. You're like, well, why can't I fucking do this? Why can't I just do this? But I'm getting all the help I do. Yeah, well, it's not fucking helping, is it? Yeah, yeah. And the, so that's where, the compa- that's where the compounding goes the wrong way, where you are, uh, it piles one on top of the other. Because then for me, in that exact narrative you just described, when I have that feeling and then I'm like, why can't I fucking do this? Why can't I? Now I'm frustrated. And you know what? I feel sad and I feel sad about myself. And you know what makes me feel better? Ice cream. Okay. So it just kind of keeps, keeps coming back to my coping mechanisms, right? So I find I am performing better or I'm able to hit my, um, you know, my, my nutritional goals, let's call them that rather than call them diet. Uh, I'm able to hit them better if I come at it from a place of um, kindness, really, rather than punishment, you know, rather than me going, I'm going to be doing this. This is what I'm going to be eating today uh, because I fucking ate too much yesterday and I need to fucking punish myself for it. That come, that feels very well, like the flip toxic- side to what people do is then you lead up and go, well, if I know I'm going to have a big meal, then I'm going to work to it. Some people go, if I know I'm going to have a big meal, um, I might fast a little bit longer or I might, uh, you know, have more lean greens and have protein that I know when I go over to my sister's house, it, you know, she's cooked an amazing meal and it's just going to be an, you know, an, an amazing spread. And I do mm. love the way, that, that's how my podiatrist thinks, okay? George, my podiatrist, is just like, you know, he's like, how's it going? And, and we talked about the way, and he's like, he goes, he goes, well, you know, you do intermittent fasting. I said, yes, I do. And he's like, well, you know, he gave the example that, you know, he, he, he really works around his events, around how it benefits his life. And I think sometimes with intermittent fasting, uh, in particular, it's like you also need to make it fit around your life. You can mm-hmm. alter it. It's not just, you know, strict. You need to mm-hmm. then genuinely make it up. And the one thing I can say, which I, I think I've really enjoyed is, is I have enjoyed varying up the exercise. So between Pilates, uh, the gym, and riding my bike, thank God the weather's good except for fucking today. But like, you know, that it's, it's mixing it up does really make a difference because it makes it fun again. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like I'm, taking, I'm taking a dad. So I'm taking a dad from school who I've become friends with. 
uh, who's done his back, and he's done his back good and proper, and it affects his work because he's a tradie. And it was like things where he was like, he was like, oh, I need to do Pilates and stuff. I was like, oh, I do Pilates. He's like, oh, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I just, I just feel, feel uncomfortable. I was like, let's go together. Let's go together. I was like, I, and, and I can help you. I can, I can be next to you. Like, I've fallen off the machine in front of 16 other women. It's been hilarious. You know, I don't really particularly care. And he's like, oh, yeah. So it's like, so now it's like, I love it. Our first one-on-one friend date as dads will be going to Pilates. <laughs> I love this. I love this a lot. I was, just, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Like, let, let's, yeah, let, let, I'll say, let's make it a thing. But I was like, just the idea that I could help someone, uh, uh, help someone just, not like, but just help someone feel comfortable in the idea of helping, you know, strengthen their core. Yeah. And so I, I love this because, A, it taps into something that I think I would argue is underestimated the value of which is community a sense of doing it not alone like part of why i think a lot of our listeners really find um uh positive results by listening to the podcast uh, as well while they're on their fitness journeys is because there's a sense of this not feeling alone you're hearing two other blokes or whoever else is on the pod talk about whatever wrestling struggles that they're having themselves right um and so doing that by Pairing it with this mate to go to Pilates, there's an excitement because it's like, oh, I'm actually going to go get to hang out with this person as well, right? Yeah. As much as it. And you have a shared story together. And the, the workout or the benefits of the workout are kind of bonus because it's the activity itself. And and it sounds like a fucking banging on the same drum, but it, the process-based, you know, go, um, how do I put it? Process-based motivation as opposed to goal-based motivation. So my... Um, Running coach Zach from Run Two PB. Let's give him a shout out. Our uh, Run Two PB. Uh, they uh, he Zach said to me with because I'm really frustrated with some of my times, like you know uh, I'm not hitting the mark or he'll give me these targets to try and aim for and I'm very short of it. And he's like, hey, we're in the rebuilding phase, so these are quite common to be falling under your targets, right? It's fine. We're still figuring out where we're at. But also he said, just think of it like a phone book. You know, the old school yellow pages, right? Each page of it isn't that strong. It's very flimsy material, right? So easily terrible. But you stack those pages one on top of the other and tearing a phone book is so hard, right? So he goes- Holding someone's body and punch them, no bruises. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So you think of every workout or every session or every choice to eat healthy as not being the thing that- finally you know made you fitter it's like no i'm just stacking these pages one on top of the other and you take the expectation out of the result of that that each session away from oh it's not showing up in the scales or it's oh it's not showing up on my my watch you know you just go no it doesn't matter i'm just adding that page every day some form or the other because the alternative of say overeating right and 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 not exercising or not giving yourself some kind of movement is like tearing a page away right yeah so if you just think of it as being a very very simple thing of just each day i just got to add a little page to it and i don't care how flimsy it is you just trust that in the long term it's going to stack up yeah. and you know in order to do that any in and, order to get and i know there, i know that you know that and we know it, that but it's also important to remember that, though. It's one thing to know stuff. It's about retrieving that information. I think I have everything I need to know about being, you know, good at something 
purely based on my approach to stand-up. The way I approach stand-up was possibly what I think is the healthiest way to approach anything, which is I just did it because it was fucking fun. I Even if I was not on, I would go and watch shows and, and sit in the crowd. And, use, you know, you use that. I said that, that use that term. Well. I want to have that. Right. And I, I agree. I, I absolutely say I also want to use that, but I want that same time. I want veg. I want to eat vegetables and salad to be fun. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I think then what, what it is, is that it needs, I to... want to go, Oh yes. Yeah. Vegetables and salad. Well, okay. So here's the problem with say the way our brains are wired with vegetables and salad uh, not being fun, is there is a gap between the positive, um, what's the word, positive reinforcement of eating vegetables and salad versus the immediate satisfaction. So the short-term satisfaction of ice cream uh, is immediate and straight away. The damage of it is so long-term and you don't see the damage. So it's easier to choose. It's a pain management thing. The pain of resisting ice cream is feels worse than the pain of what ice cream will represent every, like if you do it for every day, right? So as humans, we gravitate towards the short-term pain, like alleviation, as well as, um, you know, pleasure seeking. With edge vegetables, the pleasure is not really there immediately. You know, if you keep eating healthy and vegetables over a month or three months, you know how much, how beneficial that's going to be. So that goal is too far away or rather the timeline, your, 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 you can't see the future. It's so funny because it's also your perception of, like, again, it comes back to that in your original system. Your system sometimes doesn't allow you to do it. Like, the example this morning was there was an argument at our, uh, at our breakfast table where my son was like, I want, I want more flakes. I was like, hey, buddy, you know that through the week it, it, it's porridge with berries with a little bit of yogurt. And, yeah. and he's like, well, why, Daddy, why is, is oats better than, than cornflakes? I was like, mm. well, because it's a... It's a slow release carb. It gives you more energy. It sustains you throughout the day. And he's like, but I feel full after I have cornflakes. And there we were comparing oats and cornflakes and then just showing him that here is the amount of protein in car in uh, oats compared to cornflakes. Mm. And he knows that protein helps him build muscle and strong. He's like, okay, what else is there, daddy? I was like, well, here, there's calcium. There's 8% of calcium in 100 grams compared to 2% calcium. And we went through the data together that the end, it was so beautiful to see a six-year-old boy go, yeah, I'm having porridge. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... And why do you oh. think that is? Because it's just like, it's just him being informed with the information, right. being young, and then seeing the positivity of that, and then going, and then relating it to, well, you'll be able to last longer. You can finally beat Sam in that 200-meter race that you're going to have today at lunchtime. Stuff like that, where you can just like, he's like, wow, it's all, it's all part of a bigger plan. So he's a lot like his mother. Like, give him the information and he will understand it and compute it and it's part of his system. With me, give me the information. Uh, I'll get it. I might get a bit emotional about it. And whether I can tap back into it is a whole other issue. Yeah, because that's that's because you're op- operating on a different system. So then what I think is worth exploring, and I, I feel like I know the punchline to, to where this is going to go, but let's just go back to a moment in your life where you did do it quote unquote correctly. And by correctly, I mean where you felt in balance with what was going into your body and how you, you know, expense that energy. So what did that look like? When was that? First of all, 
October 2019. Yeah. Why was that? Because I was at the fittest I'd ever been. Why? Because I was working lots. I was riding lots. Uh, I was smoking lots. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. All right. Ignoring the last part about smoking, but you. But it stopped me eating. It was amazing. What's that? It stopped me eating. A cigarette and a coffee in the afternoon. Bang. Bang. All right. So you're trying to say that the solution is to go back to cigarettes. No, but as I spoke to, to like, as we talked about it, I was like, because I gave that example. I was, but where's that? Where's, where's the coffee and the cigarette that stopped me from it? I but do you not that. see the, the thing that I'm seeing, which is the cigarette was a outlet for your stress, for your indulging part of your body? You were giving yourself this little, say there's a demon in you. Yes and no. Go, yes and no. Right. We, uh, we did unpack this. We did unpack this. But go, you go first. Well, I was, what I was wondering, or this is a question rather than just uh, uh, absolute saying this in absolute, but it feels to me that by giving your demon a little place to release itself, you were then able to not let it go out in terms of the food and things like that, right? Because it's like, oh, I've already given him a cigarette. Like this is all happening subconsciously, by the way. So when you t- when you suppress that demon from the smoking, it still needed to push out of some other area and it comes out in terms of your indulging eating. Yeah, and, 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 so, and so, yes, and, and I'll come to that point. The other one is it is genuinely an appetizer. Sure, exactly. Like, and, I, and I absolutely, absolutely. relied right, on that. Right something chronic okay. black coffee and a cigarette hit the mark and again but then it came on the other side it was like it's a bit of a reward uh and it's me time mm-hmm. and and it's a vice mm-hmm. and so i think the thing that we were unpacked as well and i unpacked with my therapist was i said it's ridiculous but i miss having a vice yeah i miss having i miss having something bad in my life and so we just sort of unpacked that he's like and it was like well, you know what is it like you know if it wasn't drinking or a big night out or then it wasn't smoking, or then if it wasn't drugs, I was like, then it's like, well, what else? What else is there left? What what, what are you craving? And I was like, why can't that bad vice be replaced with something good? And and why can't I, I crave that? And that's why I think back to October nineteenth, when I was feeling that. I was like, and then I was like, what else was I addicted to then? Beating Husey at squash. There was a period where I was like, he didn't even come close. Now mm-hmm. I would have a heart attack and I wouldn't get one point on him. Yeah. So it was just like okay so and as we were talking about i was like oh so so you know it's like whether that drive or or holding on to something and not whether it needs to be goal orientated but just the idea of that i i was craving i i missed that want to have something yeah right that want to have a bad like i uh, to have a vice or and then it, you know ultimately when you don't have anything the easy one is it just falls back to food mm-hmm. um let me go step by step because there's a few things popping in around in my head. So number one, uh, let's 100% know about the episode suppressing abilities of cigarettes and that uh, that absolutely would have played a part without a doubt, right? And on that note, just I don't mean to cut you, but on that note, it's just so weird that I don't want that anymore. Yeah, because like you've, I've tried, you've, you've worked on it, right? It's It's been whole... No, 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 but but it's it's weird. It's like what, I've had two. One with Brett Blake after the gala. Disgusting. Right? That's just because you're next to Brett and his mullet. No. And then the other one was uh, on, on Thursday night with a bunch of mates at the pub. I was like, give this a go. I reckon does it still taste disgusting? And like they're all just like, you know, getting loose and stuff. And I'm like, you know, everyone knows I don't drink. And then I just took it. I was like, it's still disgusting. And like, and like I was in shock. I was like, how can this delicious thing that I loved 
for so many years that brought me so much joy be so disgusting now? Yeah, because you, you, uh, you, it I, feels like you've put the, the time in to make it your appetite to change and your taste buds to change and things like that so that it becomes... I would like to say that. But I don't know if that's the case. Sure. Okay. It could be a whole bunch of things. Maybe your understanding of the negative impact of cigarettes on you and how you felt. Like, you know, that feeling you said, I feel gross afterwards um, or whatever. Maybe that has built. But anyway, going back to the point that I was trying to make was about the cigarette and you saying um, you miss having a vice. Now, the vice, I think there, and I could be wrong, but to me, it feels like the cigarette wasn't necessarily about the cigarette as much as it was something else that you felt was missing which was me time and i feel like the me time could be a real big factor here if you look at the major changes in your life is if you had to say what you're lacking you know what knock on wood your family is well fed uh you know you've your career is going up and up you've got things like uh money is 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 not a worry at the moment i mean obviously everyone has worries but generally speaking you're in a healthy place money wise but what you would say you're lacking is time right time feels like something that we're you don't have enough and within that frame of time time for yourself is something that's really probably something that's scarce to you because of your responsibilities as a dad as a husband as well as well as you know a comedian and all these different roles so that cigarette was probably a moment you said this yourself so that's why i'm picking up on it is that it was me time and that was, was a sense of control. Like it's, it's, it's a, in a world where you feel like everything is out of control and you know cigarettes are bad for you and you yet go, fuck it, I'm having one. And that feels like you're getting back some control going, fuck you world. I know this isn't the best for me, but look at me fucking fire it up and have a good time with, right? That's what the need I feel like was feel, being fulfilled in that moment. So now you fast forward two years later, whatever it is to where we are today, overeating or eating things that you know aren't uh, straight away nutritious for you has that same mechanism of feeling like you know what i know i'm i know all the data the dietitian told me everything i already know i know i should do this i know i should blah 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 should 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 but fuck you i'm going to do it because there's nothing else today that i felt like was on my terms and even if this is destructive to me i'm going to do it anyway 100% 100% only difference is, and I agree, I replaced some of those me time things. Mm. Like, so I replaced it. Mm. So I replaced it with sauna. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Sauna. Sauna, me time, morning, bang. That's my uh -huh. love. Uh -huh. I was like, well, will that fix it? No. I was like, what other me time is? Doing the dishes. Mm. It is my time. No one else does the dishes. Mm. I have a headphone in and I get to watch. Uh, let's, at the moment now, it's Fury. Never watched it. Watching it a little bit. What, <laughs> the Brad Pitt film? Uh, the, yeah, the film. Yeah, with the, Brad Pitt, the, right? The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just watching so, it 10 minutes at a time? Yeah, uh, while doing the dishes. Yeah, okay. like, seven, yeah seven minutes at a time. Cool, cool, so, cool. So, yeah. And so those two bits are me time. But then it just made me also realize that it's just like the level of nicotine that I genuinely thought, ah, I'm not addicted to it. Hey, I'm drinking, you know, I'm having fours. Like, I'm not having eights. I'm having fours. Like, I was like, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not deep in. But then it was just amazing that it was just like those tricks that, you know, those, those chemicals that, that, that fire up your brain. Mm -hmm. That I'm, I'm, I'm very prone. I'm wanting them, like you know. That's why I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very emotional man. I love my serotonin. I, I love, I love, you know. I like it's so funny that those fixes that I have, um, you know, that that sort of that impulsive behaviour, it's still there, and I, I've tried to work on it, 
And now it's just like, it's kind of funny. It's like that impulsive, that hit of nicotine with that cross with that me time. I totally agree. It's me time. It's nicotine. It's nicotine. It's that moment. It's something naughty. It's me. It's all, ah, oh, the whole caboodle just together. Yo. Mm. And I was like, surely the sauna will do that. That's exactly the same. It's fucking, it's very close. It is very yeah, just it, but it's sometimes I'm like, yeah, but, and, and I crave it the next time, but I maybe you know what it is. I just thought of it. I just thought of it just there. How can I turn a sauna into a cigarette? <laughs> into a hot box. Yes. <laughs> into a t- can you imagine if you could just have something that just allowed you to just feel like a sauna mm. in that, in that, in those 30 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I- oh, I know what that is menopause. <laughs> I think the other thing that came to mind is, though, as you were describing it, Elizabeth, especially about your your son and your wife, uh, Maya, how she is, where you get the information, that's enough, and they can run with it. Whereas I think you're discounting um, something that we try to think of as being, I mean, in healthy, unhealthy doses, this thing is bad, but we we if we can learn to wrestle it and use it rather than letting it use us, it's very powerful, and that is ego. So... When you rewind back to 2019, sure, that was probably peak performance. But if you just scale back, what was working on your side at the time was ego. And by ego, what I mean is calling the shot publicly with me, having the bet, knowing that if you, yeah. if you know, having a, the goal, like what I was saying before in terms of vegetables uh, has a long-term uh, gratification is down the track and it's not immediate, right? The pain of, of the the taste of it is not as good as the the, the pain of uh, or the, the the delight of eating ice cream, right? By having the bet, it brought everything to the present tense. Because when you were tempted to give in to the pleasure of ice cream, or you mm. want to resist the, the 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 vegetables or exercise, the immediate feeling was, oh, if I don't do this, Dale's gonna Dale's gonna come at me. And that pain of losing to me is going to be more powerful in that moment than in eating the ice cream. You know what I mean? And and not eating the vegetables. So it's about figuring out what it is that that is linked to the future, the future result that you're afraid of, and make it a present tense and a pain that actually you feel right now. So in the bet, we felt it immediately. If I fuck, if I don't go for this run, I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like I can't, I'm too tired, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I don't have time today. I've got work and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but if I don't do it, I know Ben's out there, you know, going for a run. So my yeah. ego prevented me from necessarily giving into that short-term excuse. So what I'm trying to say with that is understanding ourselves is the first step. This is going back to all of the stuff we're talking about. Knowing how I operate, I'm like, I am someone who has a healthy ego, I think. And um, I don't want to pretend like I don't have it. Why not just admit I have it and then use it when it, when I, in a way that can fuel me. Now, I'm, of course, at the other end of it a little bit, sorry, further down the track, which is I don't want that to be my motivator anymore. So I think I said this on a podcast that's coming up. I think we recorded this already, but it's a, a guest episode where I talked about how I know that doing a bet is a surefire way for me to to absolutely get my goals because it's going to be driven by me not wanting to let my you know the listeners or, or my ego down rather than if it's a private goal that only i know and only i let myself down then that's much harder for me because i've gotten so used to letting myself down right so 
in the case of you, I think what it is, is figuring out, say, for example, the podiatrist specific thing about what is going to help the ankle is finding a way to link the, 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 the actual pain of that getting worse to remind yourself in those moments of when you just feel like, fuck it, I just need to have bread and butter and 10 slices of it or whatever to go, how is this linked to something that I truly care about? Or in the case of say, uh, when you talked about with your kids and, and some of the, you know, um, the role model element of what you want to be for them, you know what I mean? And, and wanting to be able to keep up with your son and stuff like that. Those are much more, you know, powerful than, than just a superficial. I reckon giving it, cause the kid one's always there. That never goes away. Right. Like that's always, it always there. You know, it's what kept me going in hospital. But maybe you're right. Maybe something like that thing. I was like, you know, if I think the pain of that ankle or mm. the shoulder dislocating, you know, that's enough to go far. It, you know, it's just a reminder. Yeah. It's like you know, maybe use the pain as sort of that, you know, that sort of that's your your serotonin or your 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 your, your mental hit yeah. to stop you doing what you do next. And, so the pain one's a good and I and I kind of want to point out as well that I'm saying this not because I I I, I necessarily have nailed it nail it in my life as well it's it's because it's an ongoing struggle for me too that i kind of recognize it in you so for example you know post the heart attack there was a whole period there where i was eating extremely kind of um indulgently um and here i was you know three months before that in a hospital you know being hooked up to tubes and having a fucking stent being put in me you think that that pain of that moment and the fear that i was feeling during that time would have made this quick fix to wanting to be super healthy and just, you know, shove plants up my asshole if it helps, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the point is that because I was so overwhelmed by sadness and fear and, and, um, and being unkind to myself, the only comfort I found in those moments as I was drowning or feeling that overwhelm was, you know, indulgent food. And that's because I have been, my, my, I have a wiring that tells me if I overeat, I'll feel safer and happier. Even though that's not the truth, that's what my subconscious gravitates towards. So almost having to coach myself out of it. So trying to to you know bring the future pains to the present tense is is challenging, but there are ways that you can, and it has to be real to you. There's no point mentioning things like I find you know oh if I don't do this I'm going to have you know diabetes and and you know uh uh yes things like that. It's like no 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 like I've I think I need to figure out what is that short-term pain. Oh, I know. I remember how scary I was in the hospital. Scared I was in the hospital when they said I might have to, if it's really bad, or if there's more than one block or something, I'm going to have to have bypass surgery. And the fear that I felt of knowing that my chest is going to be cut up and rib cage being ripped apart and them doing this thing. And I remember how pain, how painful it was for mom and dad. And the they had to wear these braces and they couldn't even like, there's this little, um, this little, uh, like it's three tubes with little balls in it and you have to try and blow to try and see it oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to make yeah, your yeah. lungs to show strengthen your lungs and it, it's heartbreaking to see when mom and dad couldn't do it because that's how you know that surgery was so brutal so for me needing to 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 really ground myself in the very real pain that is in line for me in the future if this decision doesn't happen and it's not like oh you know because one one bad one one night of uh, a whole pizza isn't going to you know make or break you, but consistently doing that is is going to cause more trouble than not. Same with you know eating healthy. Like one night of salads isn't going to show anywhere on your body as being good, but it's the consistency of it that is only going to cause the results. And the problem is the 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 
we forget why we're doing it. So it really comes down to why. So in terms of you going, I wish I had a craving for veggies like carrots and celery, uh, you know, the way you have for ice cream. Firstly, remember that ice cream is super duper researched by marketers and scientists to figure out how to get it into you as often as possible from advertising to text, right? So you're fighting against millions and millions of dollars of research. And no one's doing that research on carrots and celery. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen the last time I saw an ad for celery. You remember the banana? Right? No, I'm not. You thinking. remember like I, I, so it, like for people who remember this, like banana, 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 banana. Make thing, right? And so it used to just be played. And like as a kid, you got excited about bananas. Yeah. Right? yeah. And none of that really exists. Like, sure, Nazim's done an avocado ad, but you know, like, we don't trust brown I, people. Not, How can we? <laughs> That's a, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't have the same jingle as like all those other things, yeah. things have. And and the problem is like, I think for everyone is, yeah, like, you know, like, you know, when you're a parent, you know, your, your kids are everything. Like mm. you do anything for your kids. But then it's also, you've also got to make sure you do everything for yourself so you can do everything for your kids. Is, is there something like, um, this is me just free spitballing. So I apologize in advance if this is uh, uncool, but is there a way to go, oh my God, God, if I have, <laughs> if I don't have this carrot and, and celery or whatever, I'm going to miss my, my daughter's 18th birthday. I think that works when people are just morbidly. Obese. Okay. Like, I think that's when it really works. Right. Like, you know, when you're just, if you can't get out of, yeah, you know, like you, you see it in America and all those TLC uh-huh. shows where you're like, you know, I want to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. Right. And you're like, fucking not like that, mate. We're like, but that is, but like, it, it works for them, right? They get motivated and do it because it's grounded in something that's really I, mean, I, think, I think you need your, your why needs to also be sustainable because otherwise, if it's too big a picture, then you, you'll you'll lose track of it. Like I think I think the ankle one, the pain of the ankle, I think is a really good, I think that's a mm. great example because it's quite it's something you can reflect mm. on, you can feel, and the idea of not wanting to feel it again can spur you on. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, sure. Fuck, if everyone could just go, oh my god. I, I'm doing it for my kids, then it's like, well, yeah, maybe you do have to narrow it down. Maybe it's like, well, as I want to be able to walk my, you know, in the example mm. of the Americans, I want to walk down my aisle. And so at the moment now, I can do everything I want to do with my kids. My son's getting a bit faster. I'm trying to keep up. You know, th- is that enough there? Well, maybe if I couldn't keep up with them all, then that would probably be even a bigger driver. Mm. I think sometimes it needs to be, it needs to be enough of the, you know, like you yeah, have those aha moments. But I was like, yeah, maybe like, I actually genuinely will give the pain. The pain of the ankle is, especially because it happened in April. I talked about it, you know, today and then, you know, did it again in July. It's, I think it's enough of a reason to go, just think about the ankle before you have that extra piece of lasagna. Think about yeah. the ankle uh, before you decide, hey, you just had a great gig. Why do you need that chocolate chopped on from the comic <laughs> That kind of yeah. stuff where you're just like, I think, I think, that's, I think that's a really that, good that's one. That's one. Like and the other the, one, don't forget, is always making sure that you're not on autopilot. Like it's almost like having a strong... Um, uh, why is one thing, but just not having a plan or an intention is is set up for failure as well. You just need to be. You just need to. You just need to. You have to trick yourself. I always say, which which does work is just take a deep breath before you're going to do something. Okay. Like, and that can be either eating food or having a cigarette. But just big, just a big gulp of oxygen there, and then slowly breathing out. It just changes you. It just changes how you feel, and then therefore, because you change your feel, you can then also make a different decision. Yeah, that's always. I find some of the worst. uh, So every time I've made a indulgent sort of a decision, sorry, forget indulgence, a decision that I know that I'm not going to be happy with, but I do it anyway. 
I have always, if I've ever done it, it's always when I'm feeling overwhelmed or, or stressed or not taking a moment for myself or meditated and things like that. So it's kind of that direct link between, oh, everything's out of control. I'm feeling overwhelmed, sad and stressed. Oh, let me just fucking have some ice cream. You know what I mean? Like it feels like a quick solution to something totally. that as no, not at all linked, but we have convinced ourselves that it is. Now, here's to wrap it all up, something that I was trying to get to at the start of the part, which is the idea that as much as I'm tracking well with everything, I am in, um, I am... For lack of a better word, I'm afraid about what's going to happen from tomorrow when I go to regional Queensland. Uh, I'm away for two and a half weeks, so nearly three weeks on the road, long drives, five hours a day, nearly of driving, going to a new town, trying to find, you know, trying to find options. Uh, here's here's what I'll say: it's not impossible to maintain a, a, a healthy uh, nutritional, you know, meal plan while you're on the road. And it's not impossible to maintain exercise. You know, there's ways to do it. The truth is, I find it really hard to do it when I'm on the road. That's where it is. It's not saying it's impossible. I find it really hard. Dinner. What's that? Yeah. You go out for dinner fun. all the time. You you you. Right. Yeah. You, and and when you're driving like five hours, seven hours, like lunch, you don't care. You just need to get the stuff in your. So. Not allowed to masturbate in the car. <laughs> why would you want to masturbate in the car? Stop you from eating. Just stop you from eating. <laughs> right. I mean, I do masturbate into my mouth. So there's the protein. Uh, Self-fulfilling self protein. Yeah. But so that's the thing. So I'm quite uh, worried about where things are going to be. So that's why I kind of said my weight today, which is 100.1. And I'm kind of going to use that element of knowing um, that when I come back, in three weeks, I will need to be somewhat accountable to the listeners and know that I will share what I've had. Uh, and so during the the next three weeks, uh, that'll come to my mind when I know that I'm feeling weaker or I need to give in, I, I want to give into this, then I'll have that part of my ego that I know I'm letting, letting people down or what, not that I'm letting people down. I just know that I'm accountable to the podcast. And this is why I got, went back to what I was saying about how I know this is how I'm built and my ego is built and I'm trying to trade myself out of it, right? I'm able to do that quite well when I'm at home. But when I'm away, I know. Oh, so yeah. when I'm away, I know I'm going to be weaker. My my resilience or my discipline is not as strong. Therefore, I'm then going to tap into the ego side of things, the dark side or whatever you want to call it. Just a little bit of that, you know, that un somewhat unhealthy motivation, which is that, oh, if I don't do this, then when I come back on the pod in three weeks time, I'm going to be having to tell people, oh yeah, I blew out again. You know what I mean? Whereas I know yeah. that when I'm on the road and I'm feeling weak and I don't feel like going for a run because we've been driving for six hours and we just got to a hotel and I've got an hour before the show time. I'm like, nah, fuck, it doesn't matter. I got to do a workout in the hotel room, you know, because do it. Have, exactly. So, so this is part of my way of trying to learn that, yes, I am someone who you know, gets motivated by public perception or having a public profile, but I don't want it to always be my motivator, but when I need it, I want to tap into it. Thank you. That's good. So then we'll see you in the next week. See how you go. So in three weeks, yeah, we'll be catching up again at the end of October. I think it's the week of uh, the 23rd. I'll be back and we'll do a one-on-one -on -one then see where we are at. Yeah, it's great. Leading up before we do the week of the lounge. Yes, where Ben Lomas will be headlining from the 29th to the 1st of November. Is that right? Something like that? Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, or 26th to the 29th. 26th to the 29th, right, right. So, and uh, I'll be hosting. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Come down for it. But listen, it's also really fun. Yeah. big shout out to the uh, Ben's Frozen on my side. I don't know if... We were so close. We were so close. Yeah, I think bandwidth is low. So we 
are you there? I know. We need to. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how much connection I have left. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. All right. Love you all. All right. Thank you. Bye bye.